And John Casey, well, he hosts everything. He's the voice of basketball, and he's up and about at the moment because the Sixers' case are off the bottom of the ladder. Yay! Yeah, how good is that? Good to be with you, Kimbo. And you too, Roach. Uh, it was a really impressive win for them there on uh, Saturday night. So happy that they finally uh, broke through. And uh, hopefully they can build on that. We okay. never doubted it. No, well, we did. <laughs> no, I didn't. We, no, Roach, <laughs> I didn't. You did. Oh, you are. A, I was you fully with, on board. You kick with the win, you do. We spoke to Jason Caddy <laughs> on Friday after their Thursday night loss to the Phoenix. Uh, South East Melbourne Phoenix, and uh, look, they took a lot of responsibility for the loss. And he told us that um, uh, DJ uh, Vasilovic actually called a bit of a meeting and uh, got everyone to put their heads together to try and turn the season around. It looked like it's worked. Yeah, look, very brave move by DJ. And uh, it has to be said that he's also expanded on that today and explained that uh, he called the meeting and he had a few, a few home truths that he wanted to clear the air with as well because... Prior to coming to Adelaide, DJ had been critical of the Adelaide mm. 36ers on social media Big time. and let fly uh, very strongly. And um, he made a point of, uh, you know, I want to cleanse myself, so to speak, and explain that this was all to do with the previous uh, people there and wasn't anything to do with the current uh, regime. And he cleared the air. But, yeah, look, to be here and play just one game and realise that something needed to be done and then take it upon yourself and actually get it done. And he energised that team on Saturday night. There's no doubt about it. He's played a lot of junior basketball with Isaac Humphreys, 10 years, in fact. Mm. And he obviously got into Isaac Humphreys and said, mate, look, you're better than this. We know what you can produce. You played in the NBA. Bring back NBA Isaac Humphreys. And that's what he brought to the table. He had 26 points, eight rebounds. He was just one shy of his career high scoring. And there was also a moment in the game where Isaac Humphreys turned to his teammate, Kyron Galloway, who had missed a defensive assignment and really gave him a serve. And that's very unlike Isaac. But I think that's a legacy of the message coming from DJ that we need to be more aggressive and we need to own our own performances rather than rely on the coaches to tell us what I, you know, what we can do. So it was really impressive and super impressive by DJ. When we spoke to him last week, I asked, could this be a long-term thing in Adelaide? And he said, maybe. Look, I'd be trying to sign him long-term because we know he's great on the court, but he clearly is a leader and he is someone that you can call a franchise player going forward. And I'd love to see him stay here a little bit longer on what he's done in a very short space of time. And just going on what you said earlier, uh, he certainly doesn't hold back with his opinions. So we'll just tidy this up because on social media last season, he said about the Adelaide 36ers, I quote, they're a terrible organisation, want to spend money on the wrong players and then cut the good ones. Just note that some local players on that roster make more than those who actually help their team to championships. Then he loaded up again a little bit later and said that, uh, that, that Adelaide hasn't been relative since the Joey Wright days. Ooh. So he had to be in his bonnet about the 36ers. So is he speaking the truth when he says that was all under previous management? Yeah, I think so. And to be honest with you, it's not the the 36ers isn't the only topic that DJ's had strong views and uh, was happy to share about on social media. Uh, he's one of those people. He wears his heart on his sleeve and he's an honest uh, you know, customer, and if he doesn't like something, then he's happy to uh, give his point of view, which, you know, you've got to love and really appreciate that when you've got a high-profile sportsman who's happy to share his views and cop the criticism for it. Um, but, yeah, look, he, he made that clear. It was to do with the previous regime and the way things were handled. Um, so uh, they cleared the air with that, and they certainly cleared the air with their performances on the court, and they got that great win against Perth. Okay, John, the Sixers are now off the foot of the ladder. Here's the question. 
Are they going to be spoilers to everyone else or are they contenders to get into the finals race? Look, you'd like to think that they are contenders, and I say that because I don't think that they've finished in terms of recruiting at this stage. And CJ Bruton was asked the question post-game again about bringing in another player, and his answer was no comment. Um, (laughs) So I think it's pretty obvious that they're looking. Now, earlier today, Jack White, uh, an Australian player, a boomer, uh, Duop Reith, Olympic bronze medalist with the Boomers, were both cut by their NBA teams. Ah. Now, if they could get hold of either of those players, then they would automatically become contenders. And we know that Adelaide are in the marketplace. Now, sure, Jack and Duop are both, you know, they're probably reluctant to come back to Australia as, as we speak. They want to pursue their opportunities. And there may be another NBA team that would pick them up. But if Adelaide was somehow able to get one of those players, they do need another big then they are automatically in the mix in terms of being contenders. Obviously, they've dug themselves a very big hole in terms of you know win-loss, two and five at the moment, seven games in. So a quarter of the season is done. But yeah. you only need to qualify a player for seven games, a quarter of the season for him to make playoffs. So yes, the job is ahead of them, but uh, they'll be leaving no stone unturned in their endeavours to try and make the playoffs. And when you look at what they've got already... With Isaac Humphries, if we get the best version of him, and Kadee and McCarron and DJ Vasiljevic, look, they've got enough talent on that team. If they and they have one more piece for them to be as good as any team in the competition at the moment, because it's it's a very fine line between winning and losing in the NBL, and an injury here or a bad day there, and the results change dramatically. So they're certainly in the mix. So John, just help us with this. When you're taking such high-profile sportsmen out of one big competition to the Australian competition. What are the budgets like for hiring, signing those types of players? Well, it's a complicated scenario, and you would expect that some players, obviously, if their circumstances are right, are happy to play perhaps for less than uh, what their value is. And Andrew Gaze did that his entire career, staying with the Melbourne Tigers, because that was his club. So if you find someone like DJ Vasiljevic who wanted to come back to Australia and be playing in the NBL in front of the Australian coach Mm. and proving himself to get a ticket uh, on the plane to Paris Olympics next year, then he might be prepared to play for a little bit less. Jack White, Duop Reith, if they don't have an inclination to go to Europe and want to do that similar path, then they might be encouraged to come back to Australia and play for less money than they could earn in the G League, say, perhaps in, in the USA, and wait for an NBA call-up. Mm. Um, and you might get them at uh, you know less than what their going rate would be. So um, it's a complicated scenario. And, and I guess you know, at the absolute upper echelon in terms of uh, having to pay players, then Adelaide may be out of the running if it came to a bidding war. But uh, all those things you have to take into account. And um, I think, yeah, there's still that opportunity that Adelaide could be able to get hold of a very high-quality player uh, and fit it into their budget. Interesting. Case, the 36ers head to Auckland to take on the New Zealand Breakers next. They've just won the one. They've only played the three games. I know it all evens out in the wash, but uh, they, along with the Taipans, only played three games. Other clubs have played up to seven. Yeah, well, both those teams went to the US and played NBA teams. So whereas Adelaide last year, similar to what Adelaide did going away to the USA. So, yeah, that that's distorted the, the ladder and um, New Zealand coming back and Cairns coming back and New Zealand played their first game on the weekend and played Melbourne and played really well. They're going to be hard to beat. Uh, but again, I just point out that Brisbane, who are struggling at the moment, went to New Zealand and won before 
uh, earlier this season before New Zealand went over to the United States. So um, Adelaide certainly not out of uh, the equation in terms of getting a win in New Zealand. Uh, it's going to be tough, though, uh, that game on Thursday night. And then they've got to back up in Perth again on Saturday before the next home game here on Remembrance Day. November 11 here in Adelaide is the next home game for the 36ers. So, yeah, it's a tough ask, but... Um, Certainly with that win uh, over Perth and, you know, sort of the buoyancy that will give to the group, then uh, not out of the question because New Zealand, well, they've had a hectic travel schedule just back. They stayed in Melbourne when they flew back from the US before going home. And look, uh, they're, they're not at their best at the moment. So an opportunity, the door just slightly ajar for Adelaide to get an upset win on the road. Case, I've had a brain fade. Uh, who did CJ replace as coach? CJ Bruton? Yep. C.J. Bruton came into the uh, equation when Connor Henry was released Connor by Henry, the Adelaide 30. Yeah, yes. who replaced no, Joey Wright. We used to speak to him on a regular basis, and he used to always say, if we can get hot, if we can get hot and get on a run, can the Sixers <laughs> get hot? Can they get hot? <laughs> well, they can, and that's that's what I say, because, you know, look, the other thing about D.J. Vasiljevic is that he's such a great outside shooter. He hit 10 threes in a game and had 42 points last season. So he can get hot. If he gets hot, Jason Kandiki gets streaky. You know, you've got guys like Isaac Humphreys, who was outstanding on the weekend, who can take the game by the scruff of the neck. You've got Jacob Wiley, who's another player. Uh, before that win on Saturday night, Trey Kellett had three games of 20-plus. So, uh, as I say, there's enough tools there to work with. And if they can get hot, then they're going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of other teams. And the other thing you have to remember is that the season's over so quick that they play on average every four and a bit days. So, as I say, you get an injury and that can just all of a sudden you've got problems. So you stay healthy and you get hot and you can reel off some games in a row and force your way back up the ladder. But um, the job is certainly ahead of Adelaide, but I wouldn't rule them out because of all the talent that they have. And as I say, they're still on the lookout for more talent as well. John, on the big picture, are we seeing with the Perth Wildcats the way they're at, that there is a new era emerging in this league? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the Perth Wildcats, uh, once you have that unbelievable streak of 35 successive yeah. years yeah. in the playoffs and then it, that, that run is broken, it can be hard. And look, they're just out of sorts at the moment. John Riley's finding it tough as coach. Uh, we spoke with him pre-game on Saturday. And, you know, he was trying to remain optimistic and, and certainly, uh, but he is feeling the pressure, I'm sure, because they just expect to win in Perth. And that's yes. the trouble when you take over at such a successful franchise. Mm. I mean, there's only one way to go when you've been playing finals for 35 years and, you know, won 10 championships and, and so forth. So they, they definitely uh, have some work to do. And I think like Adelaide, it, not so much the losses that they're having, but the way they're losing at the moment as well. So... Um, yeah, look, they've got problems. Illawarra have got problems in terms of trying to win games. Brisbane are out of form at the moment. So all of a sudden, Adelaide, if they're not in the uh, top six to be in that playing tournament, but they're on the fringe of it, and uh, if they can get a couple of wins, and then they're then going to create some problems. So um, yeah. while you, you just enjoy the wins when you can, because they, they can be hard to find in the NBL, it's such an even competition uh, and we saw that yesterday with Tasmania beating Sydney again. So that's twice this year that Tasmania are beating the reigning champs. And they beat them in Sydney yesterday and they looked impressive. So, And, you know, you look at the Tasmanian team and they don't have the most talent. They have the best coach, I think, is the uh, indication of what I'm getting from there. They don't have the best talent, but they're winning. And uh, it just goes to show that if you can get your group together everyone on the same page, then you can win games and you can certainly make playoffs. Okay, so you're working at Channel 7 tonight? 
Uh, no, I'll be there on Wednesday doing some bits and pieces, but I won't be there tonight. Oh, you've got a good life. I was going to say, you wouldn't have good news on the WBBL. The strikers are currently 6 for 76, oh, chasing down the Renegades' tally of 167. We need 92 runs from 43 balls. I'm not sure it's going to happen. Case, always great to chat to you. Uh, we love your enthusiasm. We're starting to believe, Roach. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pleased to hear. Hey, just before I let you go, Kimbo, I'm, I'm a regular listener, as you know, of the yeah, program. Yes. I heard you talking earlier about um, the fact that, you you know, you have trouble hearing in one ear. I, I don't know if you're aware, but Lester Piggott had a similar problem as well. Were you aware of that? No, no, the great jockey. The, the great jockey Lester Piggott was deaf in one ear, and it reminded me when you mentioned that you have your hearing problems on one side of the great story that Lester would tell that one day uh, he didn't have his best effort on a horse and he rode it poorly and as he came back to scale it just got beaten. A punter was leaning over the fence and giving him uh, oh well some pretty savage yeah. advice and so forth and it, it told him that um, that you know his terrible ride had cost him. He said you've lost me twenty quid. He said you, I want me twenty quid. Give me twenty quid. You that was your loss. I've lost twenty quid and. Lester saw him very animated, but didn't hear what he was saying, apparently, and turned to him and said, I'm sorry, I'm deaf in this ear. You'll have to say that again. And he turned his head, and the panda said, your ride was shocking. It was terrible. That's the worst I've ever seen. You've cost me 100 quid. Now, I want 100 quid from you. And Lester Piggott turned to him and said, actually, I like the first version of events when you said it in the other ear. <laughs> oh, so look, uh, no, well, I have no hearing in my left ear whatsoever, and that's why I choose to keep Roach on my left side for most of the time we're off here. <laughs> okay, so always man. <laughs> Thank you for right. that. Well, Speak soon, boy. See you, Case. Oh, uh, love his work, the voice of basketball there. Uh, you can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL live on ESPN.